0: First of all, thank you, Adele, for opening up your home to Torah. It's amazing to be able to host Torah in your house and to have everyone learning in your zichut, so really thank you for doing that. And thank you, Yeshiva Flaposh, for inviting me back again um, to teach in the summer. I really appreciate it. Um, This class is actually Le'iloin Nishmat Leia Bat Paula Bolisa and also Chaya Sara Bat Simcha. You know, I must tell you something. Yes. I'm very, very touched. And uh, this uh, beautiful lady was a mother in my class. And I taught in Yeshiva also for 23 years. I am mm-hmm. now back uh, from Israel. And I want to thank everybody here because uh, Yeshiva is very close to my heart. My husband was 18 when we to Yeshiva with his rabbis. And he was in Lebanon war as a driver of time and uh, these soldiers are very close to our hearts, and they are the Horei Torah, and now in the last 15 years, they take care of autistic children, so I really thank everybody, and it's an opportunity to be a part of the summer that always living. Thank you. Um, when Amy and Sarah presented to me what the summer topics were gonna be, You could ask Amy and Sarah. I actually started saying, are you sure? I'm not so confident in this topic. I got body, it's a three-week series, mind, body, and soul. And I said, oh, I don't know. What do you want me to do with this? I usually open up Tanakh and just teach Padaqim. That's natural for me, Um, even just Talmud. Here, body. I didn't know what I was gonna do with it, so you'll see, I hope I made it interesting. It's the usual style that I give back and forth, everyone's gonna get involved, and hopefully you'll enjoy, and it will shed some light on body. What I find particularly interesting is that one of the main takeaways that you're gonna see at the end of the class is actually exercise with the body, the combination, so it's interesting to me, that the exercise element got canceled um, <laughs> because of the rain, because of the rain. Um, <laughs> so, so in the end, we'll see. We'll see what we make of it. Um, nowadays, anywhere that you look, like you see pictures of fit people now, covers in magazines the muscles that people have. There's a lot of focus on the body. How does it look? Do you look fit? Do you look good? Do you look healthy? What you eat is a focus. Um, There's so much focus on the exterior, on the body. And what I thought that we do today is really explore what does the Torah think about the body? Is the body an end unto itself? Is it a means for something else? Is there any holiness to the body? Or is the body just a body, and it's not something that's so important? What do you guys think? Or where where do you think we would look if we want to explore such a topic? Yes. I, I'm just thinking about 10 people. Good. Good. Then we think that we have a body functions. Uh, whatever we do, we make. Uh, if we do ritual bath, if we do, and uh, everything about the body becomes a vessel for uh, And I never even thought of that until you prefaced it. Love, 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 love that idea. In fact, I incorporated that as the last source that we're going to do, but not as the first. Because when you start in Torah, where do we usually start? I'm I'm going to sing you a song, I have the worst voice, but we start at the very beginning. Come on, you can all sing with me, a very good place to start. So in Torah, where do you start? You start at the very, very, very beginning. What's the beginning of Torah? What do we have in the beginning of Rishi? We have creation. Now, if I was being fair, I would start already from day one, but that's not really the topic of today's class. So can anyone guess which day of creation I'm going to start with? The sixth day. Why am I going to start on day six? Adam, Good. Adam, Chava. Man was created on day six. So if you just look at the very first source on your source sheets, um, you'll notice that in Bereshit, in Aleph, in Pesukim Chava and Chavzayin, we actually have the creation of man. Now, pay very careful attention as I'm reading and tell me what you notice when man is created. What word or phrase do you hear reverberating over and over again in the text, which seems a little bit strange? Vayomer Eloquim, na'aseh adam b'tsalminu, kidmuthenu, v'yirdu bidgar ha-yam, u'b'of ha-shamayim, u'b'hemah, u'b'chol ha-aretz, u'b'chol ha-remes, ha-romes al ha-aretz. Vayivra Eloquim at ha-adam b'tsalmo, b'tsalem Eloquim b'ra'otoh, zakhar nekevah otam So this is the creation of man. And right away we see God says that man is created in his image. And God created man in his image. In the image of God, he was created. Male and female, he created them. What word do you hear? You can tell it to me in English or in Hebrew. What word do you hear repeating itself over and over throughout those two physically? Good. Selah. Selah. When man was created, when man's body was formed, it was formed how? B'Tselem Elohim. Now just translate those words for me loosely. What does that mean? In the image of God. So from the very first time when we have body, body is already connected to who? To God. That means that the purpose of our body is to... Be a house for what? Godliness. That means what we use our bodies for is supposed to be for um, our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch. That's what I see from the get-go. In fact, if you look at source number two, Rav Rav Shimshon Raphael Hirsch, who anyone know? When did he live? anyone, Anyone? I always like to give a little bit of biography Background, not so many people are good with this, but... Okay, so he lived, yeah, 1800, 1808 to 1888. He's a German um, rabbi. And he says something that is very, very important on this passage. He says, the text, and I know the Hebrew is a little bit difficult, so don't worry, I'm going to translate it. The word Selev is repeated over and over and over again in his image, in his image, in his image. Why do we care so much? And why does the Torah need to tell us that man was created, his body was formed in the image of God? What does this teach us? What does that mean? Why does it say sell him Elohim? Sell him, sell him, sell him. Why do I need to hear so many times in one pasuk that man was created in the image of God to point out that man's body, its purpose is to do what? To fulfill a godly mission. That is the purpose of our body. Through this, the Torah is teaching us to appreciate the human body, but the human body is meant to do what? To fulfill a divine mission. In fact, if you look at the bolded words, You see, man's purpose is not just to say, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray, and that's what's, I'm gonna connect to God in a spiritual realm, and and that's 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 the only way that I'm gonna connect to God through." spiritual things, by saying by going to shul, by praying, by, I don't know, you name it, whatever else you do, by singing uh as Rabbi Besser, whatever it is that you do, in a way that you connect to Hashem, you could say in a ruchani way, in more of a spiritual way, you might think, oh, well that is the ultimate way to connect to God. That's what it's all about. No. What do we see here from the get-go? The Torah wants us not just to sanctify our souls, but also to what? Sanctify our bodies. Now that's, that's a big chidush, because I think in this day and age, a lot of people think body and soul, they're bifurcated, right? Like they're separated, right? There, there's the body and there's the soul. No, what we see right here is that's not true. It's not that the soul is more important than the body, so to speak, the body also is able to help you connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to help you fulfill a divine mission. And that's what Rav Shimshon Raphael Hirsch is saying. I think that it's, it's a very nice idea. In fact, he says many people make the mistake. And they think, ah, oh, the only thing that's important is soul, 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 soul. He says, no, you've got it all wrong. The body is important too. In fact, there are so many mitzvot that we have that show us that the body is important. And now here's where I need your help, without cheating and looking at him, at what he has to say. Who can think of any commandments that we have which would show that the body is actually something that's important? What? Yeah. Okay, good. So for sure, and I put that source on the source sheet that we have to protect our body, we have to take care of our body, excellent. Any, any anyone have any other ideas? Going to the Okay, good, going to the mikveh. we're gonna see that we have to keep our bodies pure, excellent, what else? Good, I'm very happy that you actually, I'm very happy that you said that because one of the sources that we're gonna do in the middle is gonna to hint to what you have to say, which means what we put into our body the foods that we that we ingest are also going to be a means to connect to kadosh barku. Good. So the lota says tattooing our bodies, stuff like that. Great. Good. So good. go de do, lo korcha. We're gonna bring almost all those weird sources and I threw in a few more as well. In fact In fact what Rapshinsha Rafael Hirsch says is one of the very first mitzvot that we're given, not the first, but maybe early on, maybe number two or something, is which mitzvah, what were we commanded to do, or we, we were told in Bereshit about the Brit Milah, right from the get-go. That's also, Rav Shemshon, Rafa says, is a way to show that our bodies are holy. What is Brit Milah? It's a treaty that we have with God, right? We do, God does. We have to, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can the basic and for sure. Like just right away. A hundred percent. We're going to see all the the birkot hashachar. In fact, is going to connect to the body too. Um, but Rav Shimshon Raphael Hirsch is driving home a strong point from the get-go, from the opening, from the very beginning of Rashi. What do we see? Don't push away body and say body is not important. See, I was I was getting upset because. Talia got soul and I'm like it's not fair. She got the better topic, it's easier, it's holier, it's better. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a point for myself that no, I'm 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 in it to in it too. Body is important. There is you can use your body and connect through your body to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and keeping your body healthy. And exercising and staying fit is also a means to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we're going to see how. In fact, if you look at source number three, you're going to see something which I think sounds interesting at first, the, the Midrash quotes a famous story of Hillel Hazaken, where he was leaving and his students were following after him, and his students... In those days, the best way to learn is always just to follow your teacher. So you could always learn from whatever your teacher is doing here. Now I leave class, my students run the other way. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think I'm that scary. But that is what usually happens when the bell rings. So, but, it, but, in, but in the time of um, Hillel Hazaken, his students would follow him everywhere around. And his students followed him as he was leaving the Bet Midrash. And they were walking with him on the way. And he said to his students, guys... I um, actually, students asked him, Rabbi, 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 where are you going after you leave the Bet Midrash? Like, what are you going to do now? So look at here how he responds. It's so interesting. What do you think I'm going to do? Of course, I'm leaving the Bet Midrash because what am I going to do? I'm going to do a commandment of Hashan, I'm going to fulfill a mitzvah. So, they're on the street. They're on the way walking to his house and they're they're like, "Okay, but you're just going home. Like, what what are you doing? Which mitzvah?" Right? "V'chi, my what mitzvah are you doing? I don't understand. What mitzvah are you doing?" Look at his response. "Amarahen lirkhot bebet hamerchat. Who can tell me again? Mitzvah? Well, actually not that. What was he just doing? Showering. Just showering. Uh-huh. I'm going home to clean myself. I'm going home to take a bath. Now, Hillel has a can calls that what? That's a mitzvah, a mitzvah. and you are all looking at me. What? That's a mitzvah. Taking a shower to make sure that I don't smell is a mitzvah, and I am getting these eyes. Everyone's like, what? And Hillel has a can of saying yes. Now, what is the proof that he brings of how he knows it's a mitzvah, he says, let me give you um, a mashal. Let me give you an analogy. So imagine you had, right, um, a non-Jewish king who had a lot of statues in his temple or whatever it was, in his uh, palace, he had a lot of statues, and he always wanted to make sure that his workers would do what to the statues? Clean them to make sure that they're meticulous, to make sure that every single statue looks amazing. I'm thinking the crystal chandelier. You're making sure every single crystal looks what? Shiny, why? Why does it matter if the statues in his palace are shiny and clean? What do they basically represent? In the king's palace, what does that king, represent? The king. the king. It's a reflection of the king himself, right? If if the statues are clean, then it shows. Oh wow, this is an amazing king. Look at the way he keeps his house. Everything is so neat. Oh my god, I can even touch the crystals on a chandelier, and there's like no dust on them. I don't know if you could say that in my house, but like imagine. Now, what is what's the how does what's the home So, so how much more? So what we should take care of. Her. Good. How much more so us? Because, so who are we in the analogy? What are we? The crystals. Right. Where are those, those crystals, right? Where are those statues that, because what, what are we basically doing? We represent Hashem. We represent what? Hashem. So if we walk around all day, I don't know if you ever had this, but like I, I'm having like a vision of <laughs> one of my teachers in high school, you probably know. I'm so use this example. But like, do you remember, like, sweat marks all over on the, on the like, no, nauseous to shower before you come to school. I can't, I can't breathe. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. So it was like, not nice. No, but we, but we represent, and I'm not doing a good job representing myself because I literally just came off a flight. But but the way that we walk around, if we're clean if we present ourselves properly, if we take care of our body, doing that is what? Is a reflection of our um, Selem Elohim. We're created with Selem so if we want to be able to um, portray to everyone else and even to ourselves what it means to have a relationship with God, the first step that we have to do is to keep ourselves clean. And that's why Hillel Ha'Bakim says, Yeah, that's the very first thing that I'm going to do. I'm going to take a shower. Every person needs to clean themselves, Um, which I think is not what we would think about when we think of a mitzvah that's important. Now, like if we put that on the list, many of us might not say that's the mitzvah that I would say is so important. Okay, so that's from the get-go. So right there in the very beginning, let's just summarize what we see so far. What did we see? We saw one or two points. What What did we see from the beginning? from Bereshit, that the word Salem repeats over and over and over and over again to show man's body is not just a body. It's a body that has what? Selim Elohim. It's a body that's purpose is to connect with God. And it's a body that if we want to be able to connect with God, we have to show that we value our bodies, that we take care of our bodies, that it's important for us that we remain clean that we'll see a bunch of other ways that we could take care of our bodies as well. Clear? So now I throw it back to you guys. So let's get into the nitty gritties in Torah where we could see that body is important, besides for brishi, in the actual mitzvah that are listed, taryag mitzvah. I put a few, I'm going to say weird ones, just because... I don't want to teach you stuff you all know. I wanted to do something that's maybe a little bit that you're not so familiar with. So let's start with something that actually is a mitzvah, which is just for who? By Yomer Hashem El moshen source four, uh-huh. and more El hakohanim Bnei aharon. This is a mitzvah which is just for the Kohanim. Now, what are you going to tell me? You're going to start to argue with me and tell me, okay, that's because the Kohanim are the most what? Holy people! They're the ones who work in God's temple. So it's only important for them to keep their body holy. Well, let's see what the Torah says about the Kohanim. The Torah says, Kohanim are not allowed to get themselves tamed. They're not allowed to go and touch any dead bodies. They have to always try to remain in a state of purity. Then the Torah adds, Lo yekrihu korcha berosham. What can they not do? They're not allowed to make bold spots in their head. They cannot rip out their hair. It's not allowed for them to do that. And what else can't they do? They can't shave, um, the shave their beards. And, this is the one I care about the most, what can't they do? What are they not allowed to do? They're not allowed to make cuts on their body. This became like a big thing now, right? Like, physically harming one's body. Kohanim are not allowed to do that. Now, I care about the reason why. What does the Torah give as the reason why Kohanim can't make cuts on their body and why they can't rip out their hair? What's the reason? Because they're what? Because they are holy. They are holy. Meaning, Kohanim are representatives of who? God. They have holiness within them. When they serve in the temple, if they're all cut up and with marks all over themselves, is that a good representation of godliness? Yes or no? No. And therefore, they're not allowed to rip their hair out to make marks in their body. So now you're going to tell me. Okay, that's just what? Go on Eve. Go on Eve. Annie, this isn't a good proof. You're, you're like this, ruining your whole theory. You're saying here that the, everyone should believe that their bodies are holy and they can't do it. Well, look what the Torah says. Interestingly enough, in Divari, who could tell me in Pasuk Aleph, what do we notice? The Torah says in Divari, Perek Parakidala Pasuk Aleph. Banim atem, lahashem melokechem, lo velo tasimu kurcha benenechem Lamet. Just to translate. You guys are all children of God. And therefore, don't cut yourself. Don't rip out your hair and make bald spots. You are a holy nation. God chose you to be his special and precious nation. That is on, like... He chose you amongst everyone else to be that special nation. Now, what do you want to tell me? What do you notice repeats itself again? The Isur of what? Good. So you might have thought that well. It's just because the Kohanim are representing God where? In the Ben-Mikdash. That's why they can't make marks on their body. And that's why they can't have bold spots in their head. Because in the Mikdash, which is the place of the ultimate holiness, you need to be what? A great representative of God. What does the second Pasukim Devarim come along to tell us? What does it come to tell us? No, 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 no. It's not just two. It's not just the Kalanim. Let's read the Pasuk and ask a few questions. What is the connection between all these things in the Pasukim? You're all children of God. You're all children of God. And then what is the very next thing the Pasuk says? Don't cut yourself. You're all children of God. Don't cut yourself. And then what's the very next thing the Pasuk says? Don't rip your hair out and make bald spots. Why? Because you're a holy nation separate from all the other Goyi. I don't get it. What's the connection between all the things in the pasuk? Why does it say first, you're children of God. Um, Don't cut yourself. Don't make bold spots. Oh, you're all holy. How does the pasuk flow? Meaning, if I wanted to prove that we're all children of God, I wouldn't necessarily think bold spots, cutting myself like those were the things that I would use to prove that I'm a child of God. What would you think that maybe the Torah would turn to? I don't know, you have the commandments. Why is the Torah using all these examples? Well, first of all, if you look at the Ramban, the Ramban says it's on purpose that the Torah specifically repeats the bold spots and the cutting. Because a person might have made a mistake and said what? Oh, those things are just for the koanim. Everybody else can do whatever they want with their bodies. And because the koanim have, what I'm going to say, ma'alat hakoanim, they're on a, another level, right? They're much more chashuv than we are. But no, the Torah repeats these things, no bold spots, no cutting yourself in order to show kol ha'eda kulam kedoshim. We're all what? We're all holy. So how does the pasuk flow according to the Ramban? We're all children of God, and add in a sentence, not just kohanim. And you want me to prove to you that we're all children of God, not just the kohanim? We have some of the same lota it says that the Kohanim have. Same things that we're not allowed to do, what are they? Not to cut ourselves, not to make bald spots in our head. Why? Why do we have those same Lotases that the Kohanim have, the negative commandments, things we're not allowed to do that the Kohanim have? (inaudible) Ki kol kulam kedoshim. We're all holy, not just two. Kohanim. And therefore, let's add the next sentence, We all need to take care of our bodies and make sure that we don't cause harm to our bodies, not just the koanim, because we're all representatives of God. And therefore, Therefore, we have to make sure that we follow these mitzvahs. The same way that the Kohanim do. I know one of them. says Sarithed and. No. It also says at the end because you're. I love. Trying to physically distinguish us between. Ah, give me. Could you give me like three minutes? It's in the source. It's in the. It's it's coming up. It's coming up. Okay. But I love your question. It's an amazing question. Free, Spring your thought though. Okay, I actually like it. Um, just because I love these two parashim, but they don't actually have to do with the body. Because in my mind, I was thinking, well, what? Are, how does the pasuk actually flow? Like, how does it go? Your sons of God, your all children of God, don't cut yourself, don't rip out your hair. We're all a holy nation different from the Goyim. I just wanted to share with you the words of the Chizkuni and Rabbeinu Vachia because I think we could learn something from it, even though it's not exactly connected to body, but you'll see why I brought it. Don't cut yourself. Now, when would a person cut themselves when they're what? Mourning. Mourning. When they're upset. When they had a terrible loss in their lives. Why shouldn't you cut yourself, though? Don't cut yourself from what happened to you. Even if you don't understand why these bad things happen to you, even if you don't understand why, God forbid, somebody in your family passed away, what do you need to always do? Remember, you can always rely on who? Rely on God. Everything that God does, ultimately... There's a reason for it. It is for our benefit, although we might not see it right now. Just like young children. They might not understand everything that their parents are doing, and right now they think their parents are so what. Mean, I used to think growing up, my mom is so strict. You know my mom, so she really didn't give this example. But like, she, she would always say, you got to be home at a certain time when you're on a date, da-da-da, dress a certain way, uh, not sleep out by your friends. Like, oh, my parents are always very strict in certain things. And now I come to appreciate, you know what? Well, they were right. I, but I didn't understand it when I was younger. I didn't necessarily understand everything that I did. But what should we always do? Rely on our parents. Rely on God. Okay, so So we're all sons of God therefore there's no need to harm your body, there's no need to pull out your hair, there's no need to do any of those things because if you understand that your real father is who? Hashem, then you're going to know if your physical father down on earth, let's say God forbid, passes away there's no need for you to be overly excessive um, and doing these Harmful things to your body. Here's the key. Ki cham yitomim bekach. Ki yesh lachem av gadol chai vekayam hu hakadosh What does that mean? You're not what? Okay. You're not orphans. You have to realize it may be hard to understand. You might not have a physical father here now still, but what do you have? You have the real father. You have avicha sheba who's here and protecting you so therefore don't ever how does the pasuk flow now you're all children of God so if something bad happens to you you don't have to what don't rip out your hair don't cut yourself there's no need to do any of those things why not, not because you're not lost you have an Avgadol. And you're also a chosen nation, meaning you're part of a chosen nation, and therefore don't hurt your body. Don't do those things to your body, because doing those things to your body shows that you believe that what? You don't really have somebody who's what? Looking out for you, and caring over you, and protecting you, and it shows that you don't really have an Av That's... Um, the Chizkuni's way of reading the Pasuk. Shada Rabbeinu Bakhtia actually has a different way, which I also think is interesting. And he says, the Amorite custom back then, the, the Amorites, what did they used to do? That they used to idolize everything only in this world. And they would say, you know what matters the most? Right? Olam haze it's olam hazeh that's important. All that matters is this world, this world, this world. And therefore, the minute that somebody in their family would go after they pass away, what do they think happened? There's no more of them left, right? There's nothing. nehi If somebody passes away, they view it's a, it's a loss forever. Why is it a loss forever? Because the only thing that's important is olam hazeh. No. Jews are not like that. What does it mean we're sons of God? What do we realize? What does a father usually do? After he passes away, what does he leave his child? An inheritance. So if your father passes away, you know that what do you still have? You still have what? The Yirushah. You still have the inheritance. <laughs> what do you still have left? Not everything for us is like the Goyim. By the way, how to connect to the other lesson? We're not like the Goyim. Why are we not like the Goyim? They believe everything is just what? This world, this world, this world. That's all that matters. But what do we think? No. There's a next world. And therefore, if our physical body dies, what do we what do we, why shouldn't we cut ourselves and rip out our hair? Because that's showing that we don't believe in what? Olam haba. We don't believe that there's a better next world. And therefore, the Rabbeinu Bachia says the Pasup reads like that. But my favorite for this class, even though it's not my favorite read of the Pasup, but for this class, my real proof is from the Shadal. This is the reason why I brought it all. And this is what's going to connect to what Sarah said. How does the Shadal understand the connection between all the parts of the pasuk? Banim atem. Because you are banav shel makom, because you're the children of God. Atem re'uyim li'yot na'im v'lo gedudim You're not allowed to be what? With bold spots, with cuts. Why not? Because you're what? Representing who? God. God. Look what he says legion Meaning, you're the representative of God. And therefore, <laughs> If you cut yourself, if you rip out your hair, what are you basically doing? You're not representing the glory of God. You're not showcasing um, the, the splendor of God. It's in fact, you're making God look what? Disgusting. Right? Now, why does it, how does that connect to the end of the pasuk? So how does that go back to we're a holy nation? Because we're a holy nation, what do we need to do? Show in the way that we present our bodies that wear what? That we're holy. And therefore, do not cut yourself or rip out your hair because that would be showing that... The, that um, you're not a proper representative of God, right? You're not really a Ben Shol God, right? You're you're you're, you're Mivaze. You're making your body look disgusting. Now, what is the very next thing that the Torah says right after this? And then I'll take your question. The very next mitzvah that we have right after this is take a guess. It goes back to something I forgot your name, but what what, did you, what you said at the very beginning? What was the mitzvah that you said? Keeping kosher or something? You didn't oh, say. Oh, it was yeah. you eating? Okay, good. So they connect what's the very next thing that's presented after this Isur? Be careful with what you eat. Make sure you only eat animals that have split hooves and choose its cud and this and the list of the birds that you can have and then the Torah goes on to list all and then how does the Torah conclude that? Can anyone take a guess? What phrase do you think it's going to say at the end because you're a what? You're Kedoshim. Meaning what we do to our bodies and what we put into our bodies affects what? Our relationship with God and shows that we're what? Different than the goyim around us. Meaning we have a set of rules, we have a set of guidelines, everything's not like have care, and therefore we have to make sure how we what we do to our bodies and what we put into our bodies. Yeah, what is your question? No question. Just, oh, okay. I enjoy so much. Okay. <laughs> the goyim, what I understand is when somebody dies, it's the end. Correct. That, that, is, that is literally right. what Rabbeinu Bachia says, right? right? And for us, it's just it's the beginning. The end, it's just right? it's literally it's the beginning of the best. Exactly. Right, exactly. You know. exactly. And therefore, okay. So that was one lota ta'aseh, which I figured, okay, we're shedding light on it. Are there, are there any other examples in the Torah where we see perhaps that it's a mitzvah aseh, a positive commandment that we need to take care of our body. So you quoted it, um, but I actually just want to show it to you inside. If you look in Devarim Perek Dalid in, in source number 10, you're going to see that the Torah tells us, You need to take care of yourself. Take care of yourself a lot. And then look in Pasuk Tedvab, it says, It says, Make sure that you really take care of your nefesh. Now, I know what you're all asking me. What does it say we're supposed to take care of? Nefesh. Our nefesh. Our nefesh is our body? I wouldn't necessarily think that that's what we have to take care of, but if you look at the Gemara Brachot, the Gemara Brachot says something astounding on this pasuk. The Gemara says that, how do I even know that that pasuk means to take care of your body? There's a famous example of a person who was praying on the streets, on the side of the road. And he's praying and he's praying and, uh, and, and an important person, a Tsar, a nobleman comes up to him and you know, says to him Shalom. Hi, how you doing? Now obviously the person who's praying, what? Doesn't answer, right? Lo hizir lo shalom. He didn't respond back high. Now the Tsar. The important person says to him, up, Fool! Are you stupid? You have to respond hello when someone says hi to you. Even if you're praying, you have to answer back hi. What were you thinking? That you weren't going to say hi back. And what's the pasuk that the Tsar uses? You need to take care of what? Mishmartem me'od What do you need to do? You always need to make sure that you do everything to keep yourself what? Alive. Alive. Do you know what could have happened if you didn't say hi back to me? What could I have done? I could have done what? I could have taken a sword and I could have cut off your head. I could have done whatever I wanted to you. Are you crazy? The Torah teaches me there's a mitzvah to make sure that you need to do whatever it takes to keep your body alive. You have to stay alive, even if it means what? Saying hi. Now that's strange, the Gemara goes on to understand it a little bit differently, but here's where we start to see that the word nefesh doesn't necessarily mean what? Nefesh, it means keeping yourself alive. So much so, and I know that I don't have so much more time, but the Rambam goes on to learn from here a bunch of very important things. And he says, the body being healthy, bari and shalem is midarchei Hashem. That is a way of God, right? <laughs> a person is not able to have a good relationship with God if, he's, if his body isn't working properly. It's very difficult to have that full relationship with Akadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, a person should make very proper, um, pay very proper attention to take care of himself. In fact, look at what he lists. A person needs to make sure that he separates himself from anything that could harm his body. You need to make sure that you do things that actually make your body what? Healthy and keep your body strong. Now, here's the examples he gives. Now, does anyone know when the Rambam lived? I know he was a doctor, but when did he live? Right, in 1138 to 1204 in Spain and Egypt. Already from then, look at the suggestions of what he's giving for how a person should take care of his body. You ready? Tell me, what does it mean? Don't eat if you're not hungry. So that means that? Don't eat! No, no, here we should eat because the went crazy. But, 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 but don't eat if you're not hungry. What's that? If you're not thirsty, don't drink. What does that mean? If you have to go to the bathroom, you can't really hold it in. You have to go to the bathroom when you have to go to the bathroom. Tell your teachers that. Um, it's, it's actually a mitzvah. Um, now, now this, this is the one that I think is very interesting. What does that mean? He won't eat until he's full. Right, don't eat until you're so, so full. full. How should you eat? What should he do? Eat only until you're three quarters full. Meaning, stop yourself. I know, I'm thinking Friday night dinner, right? Is that what you're thinking? I just um, eat the challah, the thing, it's so, and that's the dessert. There's so much, but what is the Ramam I'm telling us? No, don't eat until your stomach is nauseous, right? Don't do that to yourself. That's not keeping your body healthy. Eat only until you're three quarters full. And, lo yishtemayim betocha mazon elame'ah. What should you also not do? drink a lot while you're eating I'm so guilty, every one of these things I'm like Hashem, Hashem, Hashem I'm not doing a good job, the Rabbah would hang me um, and what else how should a person eat? Sitting. sitting how many times do we go to parties and we eat when we're standing up at the wedding because we can't find a seat and we're stuffing our mouths no, don't do that eat when you're seated Please, lo yalech, lo kab, lo god. What should you not do right after you eat? It's not a good idea to do what? Start doing exercise. That's why flappers was smart. They made the class win first and then after the eating because that's the right way. You can't exercise the second after you eat. That's not healthy for your body. What about halacha dalet? Hayom v'halayla, arba v'esvim What's that one? <laughs> the day has twenty-four hours. Make sure that you always sleep how many hours? Eight. nights. I'm horrible at this. Last night I slept two and a half hours. That's just the way that it goes in the life of a teacher. You're really not sleeping that much. But Rambam is saying you want to keep your body healthy. Eight hours of sleep every night. What else does he go on to say? And this is why I love it. Halacha <laughs> yodaled the klal, um Acher Haguf, you want to keep your body strong and healthy? What do you have to do? Do what? Keep your body healthy, Anita? Exercise! And that's why he smart. Exercise, you have to exercise. If you exercise, it's going to keep your body healthy, and Halachat Hedvar says, The whole Mishu, Yoshev, Lebetach, the Metamel, person who just sits all day on their butt and does nothing and doesn't move around, is that going to be good for them? No. That's the type of person who is going to be more prone to getting sick. I don't know, the Rambam lived many hundreds of years ago, and yet, is this still sound medical advice today? I would say doctors today would probably give advice that's just like the Rambam. Now, in the Rambam, we don't see that he connects it to the pasuk of the the Old, the And that's why I took the Kitsur Shuchanaruch, because I want you to read it. Notice how he starts exactly the same way. Same exact opening as the Rambam. What does he say? A person needs to make sure that he doesn't do anything that would harm his body. He needs to to act in a way that it would make his body healthy. And what's the pasuk that he brings to prove this? this? In other words, exercise, sleeping, the foods that we eat, going to the bathroom on time, all those things are fulfilling the mitzvah aset of v'nishmarta me'ole nashatechem. So what do we see? It's not just the negative commandments that show what? That our body needs to stay um, in proper condition, but also the positive commandments show that we must actively do things to keep our body sanctified and holy and strong and fit and good. Because, what does the Rambam say? That will enable us to do what? To To have a better relation. Meaning, if we're sick, it's going to impact a lot of the mitzvot that we're going to be able to do and it's going to impact our relationship with God. And therefore, if we want to keep ourselves healthy, what should we do? Take care of our body. Get proper sleep. Make sure that you exercise. Make sure that you do whatever it is to keep your body healthy. One last mitzvah, because I don't want to bore you. But at this one I'm going to go back to is a mitzvah lota ase, which I hope is not so familiar to you. We think, so we've proven so far that through mitzvot aseh, we show that our body is, you know, needs to be strong and holy. Also, through things that we're not allowed to do, we show that our body is kadosh. What about after we die? Is there anything that shows that our body's holy? Who has examples for me? Good. Okay. Great. And what about how you can't like um, make, cremate your body and make it into ashes? And what do we have to do from the minute a person dies? You should never know, but like someone has to be watching the body and you take care of the, body. the person has to go into the kever in the proper way. We don't just put them into bury and say who cares? No. And here's another halacha you might not be familiar with. What if you have a horrible human being? He was uh, subject to the death sentence. Yeah. In fact, he has to be hung. Okay. Look what the Torah says about him in Devarim Chaf Oh, and I forgot a source, but so I'll the go night. back to it after. What does the Torah say about it in Devarim Chafal? Lo yeah. Talim After you hang him, don't leave him there when the night. all night. Kavor Tikperenu Bayom. Make sure that while it's still day, you bury him. But wait, you're going to tell me he's the worst human being in the world? This guy was doing get the death sentence, right? He's horrible. I don't know. Wait, you have to be really bad in Judaism to to get the death sentence. This kind of person is a horrible person. What do we care? Let, I would think the opposite. I would think let his body hang so that the world sees what this is. What happens if you don't keep Torah and mitzvah? What does God say? Absolutely not. Even the most horrible human being in the universe, what do we have to do with his body that's being hung? Don't let it hang overnight. Now, what's the reason the Torah gives? That's like not a proper representation of God, right? If you leave his body hanging. That would be mitameh. That would make the land, like, impurified. In other words, that body even the worst human being in the world is still a body with what? With Selem Elohim. It's still a body that has what? That has holiness in it. And even a person like that, what do we need to make sure not to do? Leave his body hanging. In fact, Rashi says, Zilzulo shamelechu. If you leave that person's body hanging overnight, it is disgusting. Why is it disgusting? It's not me. No. Oh, no, I don't know. Okay. okay, sorry. I don't know what ring I have. I promise I don't have any recollection. asoi bidmot Why can't you leave that person's body hanging overnight? Man was made in the image of God. Rashi goes on to say, B'nai Yisrael are God's children. There's an analogy. Imagine somebody has a set of twins. There's twin brothers. They look identical. One of them became the king, and one of them what? He's a robber, he got hung. But every person who sees the robber sees what? King. He sees the king. In other words, what is Rashi basically saying? Even that what? Even that robber what? Has what in him? The king, the selimelokim in him. You cannot leave the body to hang overnight. And therefore, I think we've proven... With mitzvot ase, with mitzvot lota ase, how the Torah views our bodies. Our bodies are not something that we can just what? Say, it's just a body. I can do whatever I want. I can eat whatever I want. I could be, have care. I could just be free and do, no. Our bodies are a vehicle to serve God. We're born with Selem Elohim. The purpose of our body is to remain holy, to serve God, to use our bodies in the best possible way to create a relationship with God. And therefore, because of that, make sure that you do your very best to keep your body strong. Now, one last thing I wanted to point out was, is in our, um, all throughout our Tifilot, we have Tifilot that actually show that our bodies are, are actually a wonder of God, right? I'm even thinking of one bracha in particular. Anyone can tell me which one I'm thinking of? Asher Yatzar. What do we say in Asher Yatzar? Asher yatzar et haadam bahlah. God, the way you created our body was with wisdom. In other words, if there's even one opening that's wrong or one you know yeah, kink, the whole thing goes out of whack. God, you took such special care to to create our bodies in such an amazing way. And therefore, what do we do every time we come out of the bathroom? We remind ourselves of that. Um, see, I think sometimes, I, I don't know if you had the same teacher as me, but I had one teacher, a crazy teacher in high school, so high school teacher craziness, um, that he, he was getting annoyed because everyone would always ask him during class, can I go to the bathroom? Can I go to the bathroom? Can I go to the bathroom? It was like a chain of people. So he's like, I have the best solution. What was his solution? Every time you go to the bathroom, you have to come back in class and you have to say share Ataar asher, in front of the whole class. But we're like, this is a sick idea, guys. Every person just asked to go to the bathroom, so that the whole class, all we're doing is listening to Asher Yatzar. One person, and that's all we did. That's all we're doing the whole entire class. <laughs> that's literally what we were doing. And I'm thinking to myself, that was the worst idea on the part of the rabbi because we're saying a million brachos nobody's was really going to the bathroom. Um, but I did get to hear the bracha of Asher Yatzar many times, and I also would hear how people didn't really like care so much about what they were saying or realize what they're saying in the bracha. The reason why I brought this for you is because I wanted to show you, Asher Yatzar is not just something that's in the Siddur, that's like a, um, a current bracha that we say. Already from the 4th century, Abaye was having a machloket, right, in the Gemara. What should a person say when they go into the bathroom, before they go in, and when they come out of the bathroom? And Abaye says, what is the text that we say when we come out of the bathroom? Does it sound like our text? The text that we say today is actually from the 4th century. Abaye says that we should say it. Now the Shulchan Aruch codifies this as actual Halachan. He says every time a person leaves the bathroom, he has to say the bracha of Asher Yatsar But I care a lot more about what the Ramah adds. The Ramah is the Ashkenaz rabbi, Rav Moshe Isserles. He lived, he's a Polish rabbi. And he said, How does the brachah of Asher yatzar end? Who could tell me what's the ending? Rofeh, Chol basar, Umafli What does that mean? God, you are the healer of all people. Umafli la'asot. Translate the words. So right, it's a wondrous thing what you're able to do for us. Now, what does the Ramah say on that? You want to know how to understand mafli la asot? shemafli la asot ruach haadam You want to know what's such a wonder that our bodies are basically houses for what? The what? The ruach for the neshama, the kosher davar ruhani, bidavar gashmi. You know what you're able to do, God. You want to know why it's so amazing and why you do such wonders for us? Because our physical bodies are connected with our spiritual souls. It's not like you think that the body is one thing and the soul is another, and the body's not important and just the soul's important. Don't bifurcate the body and the soul and put. Um, only importance to the soul? No, 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 no! Says the Rama. The body is the house of the soul. If a person wants to stay healthy, what does he have to realize? He has to realize that his body is really a house. For the soul. The body and the soul connected are able to have a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, do I like the images that we see on the magazines that it's just a muscle and it's just a... Ba- no, because I don't think that that's how the Torah would represent it. What would you have as like an icon? Like at the end of this class, like if you want to... This is what I would give. Like I'm the worst teacher. I would tell the students, okay, now that we learned... Make a diagram of what you think should be the egg for the body or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, what would you I do? <laughs> I think, you know, how a beautiful woman lying in her bath pants also praying with something. But as I'm thinking that, I got um, the idea of like yoga, how they could Correct. The Both, 100%. Of mine, I that that. And, and my friend here, Susie, was uh, one of the first people yes. to okay. teach yoga. And, and, Okay, so could I, should I just end with one story that I read online, but if you know it 100% you know the needs <laughs> something physical Right Okay, so what I was going to tell you was but if you guys all know the story, I won't say it Do you know the Dr. Prager story or no? No no? OK. So Dr. Prager is a big, huge doctor in Columbia Presbyterian um, Hospital in New York. And he, he, he says that when he was in Yeshiva, same thing like what happened in Hillel, same thing that happens in Slavish probably, and same thing that happens in Matt and David and all over. Um, elementary school students, they just say asher yatsar, and they don't really know or think what they're saying. And half the time, they don't even say the words correctly, and they don't really um, pay much attention to what they're reading. And he said, that's the way that I grew up. I knew that it was a bracha that I was supposed to say after I went to the bathroom, but I didn't pay much attention to it. I didn't even realize that God's name was in it. Nothing like that. And he said that it took a couple of decades for him to realize what the bracha of Asher Yatzar really means. And he says, wow, this is a bracha that was composed by a 4th century rabbi, Abaye. And he says, Abaye really knew exactly how amazing God was able to create this body. How every detail, every whole, everything matters. And he says, I want to tell you a story. I used to recite the the bracha every time I went to the bathroom, and that's what I used to do. But it was only in his second year of medical school when he realized, holy cow, how many things could go wrong with the body? And he's studying, and he's saying, you know, I was starting to realize all throughout my medical journey how even the slightest aberration in the body would make a person not be able to go to the bathroom and would affect his body and would affect everything. And he said, okay, from then I made a decision. I'm going to say asher yatar every single day, proper kavanah. And I got back to my door and I said it. And every single day I would say it with kavanah. Years later, um, I realized I'm not just saying thank you to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for my ability to go to the bathroom, but I'm also in Asher Yatzar saying thank you to God for my overall good health and for the catastrophic consequences because that could happen, and here's the end of the story, if a person doesn't have good health. And he says, I wondered if people would know what it means to say the bracha of Asher Yatzar properly. And he says, I had one patient That reinforced the truth for me. And my patient was a 20-year-old student, and his name was Josh. What happened to him? He got a fracture in his vertebrae in a motor vehicle crash. He nearly died from the crash. And um, he required intubation and ventilatory support. And he was at first totally quadriplegic. He was basically not even able to walk. After a really long time of rehabilitation, there was promising signs of neurological recovery, thank God, and then suddenly he was able to move his fingers and then move a toe, and with courage he was able to basically go to a physical therapist. He improved day by day, and it seemed like a miracle he was finally able to walk with a brace and a cane. But one thing was still a problem. He required catheterization and... Um, Dr. Prager said, I knew what that meant, because I'm a doctor, I know what it means if a person is catheterized for so long, there's so many perils that's going to happen with his bladder, it's not going to be good long term. And the urologist kept on telling him, there's no hope, there's no hope, there's no hope. So what did I say? I told him, what should you do? Asher Yatsar every single day, and lo and behold, the impossible happened. One day, even though every doctor said... He no longer required a catheter. And um, what does Dr. Prager end with? And his, his story is very famous. He says, do you know who Josh is? Josh is my son. And he says that I I myself never realized the importance of the bracha until I was a doctor. And even as a doctor, I only realized the importance of the bracha that I say every single day, how every single thing in our body is is... There for a reason. Every hole, every um, cavity, every single thing is there. And when we say the bracha every single day of Asher Yatzar, we realize that our bodies are there to serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Our bodies are there to be a, a, a house for our soul. Our bodies have Selam Elohim and our and we should be thankful every single day from the smallest things like being able to go to the bathroom. Um, so, thank you Flabush. And hopefully there was something interesting with the body even though you gave me a hard topic wow. to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You just said, it's showing how important self-worth is, right? But the conceptualization and the link between body and mind because <laughs>